Right, welcome back and joining me now as we wrap up the day's market action is Magwe Masilela from Magwe Fund Managers. Thank you so much for your time, Magwe. Let's start off with macro and the Fed. Of course, it came out with a 75 basis point hike last night, putting the Fed funds rate now at a range of between 3.75 and 4%. It was last at this level in January 2008. But, of course, the markets had expected that and they are now obsessed with the outlook split between now December, 50 basis point hike or 75 basis point hike. Looking at that market reaction, which, which really hasn't been good looking at those boards, what did the markets take out of that statement? I think we're more disappointed about the fact that, as you said in our intro, that maybe the guys will start slowing down and make that very clear to us. But now what we've realized is that, listen, this is the guys that don't have any doubts that they will continue to increase up until they get inflation where they want it to be. So meaning we expect more of the increases, whether they will come in the form of 75 basis points or 50 basis points. So the size doesn't no longer matter when it comes to the next meeting. We are worried about where the rates are going to peak. And more importantly, after peaking, they will stay there or at those levels up until when. So I think that's what got the market off guards because we didn't expect that part because we were just too optimistic. And hence, you could see for the build-up of the Fed meeting, markets were excited at some point. Yes, to some extent, were also boosted by the earnings. But for the fact that we expect the rates to continue to increase. And as I said, it's no longer about their size. It's a question of where will they peak and how long will they stay at that level? So unfortunately, that was very negative for markets going forward. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Marco, you talk about earnings and I'd actually even forgotten <laughs> that we are still in the middle of earnings season. I mean, I remember just the positive sentiment that was there in the markets when the earnings started coming out. But now it's a completely different story. And of course, just adding to that, nothing has really broken. We are seeing the, the labor market still quite strong um, with another signal coming out from the U.S. weekly jobless claims. Let's go to the Bank of England that had also its biggest hike in uh, 33 years. Um, of course, as it tries to, the, the Bank of England trying to drive down inflation that's sitting at a 40-year high. But could this be the peak of the aggression from the Bank of England? Definitely it is, you know. And I think what the Bank of England said, that's what we expected the U.S. Fed to say. Because the guys, they made sure that they temper with our expectations of more aggressive rate hikes going forward because it's very clear to them that come next year they will be in a recession and probably it will be one of the longest recessions in the UK. So hence the guys made sure that let's front load as much as we can then going forward then we don't expect to see more of this kind of rate hikes and as you said going just quickly to the us you know tomorrow we've got the non-job uh, numbers the non-farm payroll numbers and if that number continues to be a good number that will cement a case that the us they will have more room to continue to increase interest rates but yes the boe is more worried about the recession and they know that the definitely recession is going to be with them and anyway other than their monetary policy, they've been having their own issues when it comes to fiscal policy. So they have to be very prudent. Yeah. Let's go to the commodity companies that came out with operational updates today for the third quarter um, of 2022. 
Sibanye really getting a beating from the markets. Uh, after that update, uh, the share price slumped about 11%. So saying that they expect adjusted EBITDA um, uh, to almost half year on year. Of course, we do have impacts from uh, ESCOM, but saying that the SA Gold and Stillwater operations uh, have returned to normalized levels uh, in October. Markets really didn't like that reaction. Uh, what was your reaction to that, Mago? Do you think that uh, that kind of slump was justified? Yeah, I think so. Remember, this is a company that has been spending. Others are saying they've been overspending. So now they've been using more money. They've been accumulating debt as well. So when we see that their earnings are not looking okay. And yes, for most of the reasons, totally out of their control. I mean, the U.S., they had the floods. There's nothing much they can do. You know, when it comes to their coal production back home here, the strike, there was nothing much they can do. As you said, that at least they're going back to normalization. And I think maybe the positive thing for them is that they've managed to reach that five-year wage deal when it comes to the Americana and Rustenberg operations. But now people are concerned about what is happening with their gold operations because they've started a process which could easily lead to almost 2,000 jobs being lost. So markets are also, I mean, unions are not too happy with that fact. But I think the problem with Sibanga is that I think it's just been priced for perfection, given that they've just been accumulating so much debt and trying to expand and spending some of their money. We know they've been looking into getting more seriously involved in matters that are more friendly to the environment. I'm not sure if there was a lot of drama on gold fields. Um, they had a marginal decrease in gold production, South Deep performing ahead of expectations, so keeping guidance unchanged. But you also had Ashanti Gold coming in and um, production rising 20%, costs improving 6% year on year. Ashanti really seeming like the star in that gold complex. Definitely it is, though it's still smaller than Goldfields. I think that's sitting with a market value of 99 billion compared to that one of Goldfields of just almost 130 billion. But remember, Anglo Gold Ashanti, number one, they don't have any operations in South Africa anymore. Goldfields, they still have an operation. And yes, we know, as we just spoke about Sibanya, that Sibanya was spinned off from the Goldfields, oldest mines. But yes, the most important thing, the all cost when it comes to Anglo Gold Ashanti, though, They've increased by 4%, but as you said, there's just been an improvement when it comes to the all-sustaining cost. And yes, even though their EBITDA improved by almost 5%, despite the fact that they received lower gold prices. But mm. when it comes to Angle Gold Ashanti, I mean, to gold feeds, you can see that they are all in cash cost increased yeah. by a percent. Their oil sustaining cost increased by almost 4%. Their net debt increased by 17% because they had to pay that interim dividend. Uh. Anglo Gold Ashanti, they managed to de decrease their net debt by almost 14%. Ah, all right. Uh, well, thank you very much for that insight, Marco. Let's get to your stock pick for today. I think I'll stay with cash, given what is happening with interest rates. So probably interest rates will get to a point where you get better interest compared to a dividend yield. And we don't know whether markets have perfectly factored in the possibility of a recession. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you very much for your time and your insights, Marco. That was Marco Masilela from Marco Fund Managers.